This is Passing for Normal, conversations with authors, artists, activists, and awakeners about how they are seeding change in the world. I'm Sharon Weil, author of Donnie and Ursula Save the World, the funniest book about love, sex, and GMO seeds you'll ever read. But mostly, it's about everyday courage and what it takes to get there in your own personal, even unconventional way. So join us for fun and insightful discussion with some very inspirational people about how to turn purpose and passion into action, while at the same time, passing for normal. Hello there. Today, I am delighted to be speaking with the passionate filmmaker, social change media producer and marketing director, Corinne Bordeaux. Corinne Bordeaux is the president and founder of 360 Degree Communications, a boutique entertainment agency specializing in inspirational films and media dedicated to enriching the human spirit. She specializes in publicity, grassroots promotion, and distribution for independent films with a strong focus on environment, social justice, and other important themes. She's brought her innovative expertise to the marketing campaigns of leading films such as the Academy Award winner, The Cove, Sundance Award winner, Fuel, the indie hit, Bottle Shock, Buck, and many others. Looking through a wide-angle lens with a holistic view, she is an outspoken and tireless advocate for independent films dedicated to environmental and social change. She holds a master's degree in depth psychology and mythology, is a mother, a neighbor, and a fountain of enthusiasm and good ideas. Welcome, Corinne. Hello. Welcome. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to be talking to you and so glad to be talking to you about... um, about film and social change, things that are very near and dear to my heart as well. This show is all about change. Media, film, television, books has the incredible power to affect change, not only on an informational level, but on an emotional one. How are filmmakers changing the world? Wow, well, that's a great question and a broad question and one that um, I delve into deeply every day because there are so many amazing filmmakers out there working on projects. I mean, obvious ones are like The Cove, which won the Academy Award and which got a lot of national attention and also, um, you know, ended up in uh, ending, helping to end and stop the dolphin slaughter in Japan, and that's a great example. But there's also filmmakers that we work with on, on a small scale who are just as passionate and just as much affecting change. For example, we worked on a film earlier this year called GMO OMG, and it mm-hmm. was a passionate band of filmmakers that really felt strongly about GMOs, and they did screenings across the country and helped uh, sign legislation into certain uh, states that uh, made GMOs uh, be labeled in certain states. And so I think what I always like to say is we love to work on the macro just as much as the micro. While it's exciting to um, work on an Academy Award winning film, it's also exciting to work with smaller, dedicated filmmakers that are making really worthwhile uh, films and also instrumental in social change. That's so great. So you're both a film producer and a marketing director. So what are the roles that you play in the process of these various films? Well, you know, that's another great question. And, um, you know, mostly a lot of what we do, I like to say, 
that we play the role of if you've made an incredible film, The Cove, GMO, OMG, Pump, Buck, all these amazing films that are out there, you uh, make the film and then you hand it over to us and that's where I and my team and my company birth it out into the world. I use that term uh, purposely because we're the people that actually bring the film into the world, make sure people see it and make sure that social change is brought about because of seeing the film. Because the truth of the matter is, Sharon, people could make the best film in the whole world, and if nobody sees it, there's no social change. So we are the ones that want to make sure that people see it, to make sure that social change comes about from seeing it, whether that be that you watch The Cove and you sign legislation to stop dolphin slaughter, or we just worked on a film about the healthcare system where people uh, learned about ways to change the healthcare system, or any number of films. But I think it is so key and so important that people see the films and then make the social change. That's where we come into effect. And do you provide people with, let's say, so people see a film and it really inspires them, do you provide a way for people then to take a next step action? Well, yeah, in a perfect world, yes, and that's kind of what my company does, and a lot of times we're educating filmmakers. Like, you have this great, amazing film, and people go to see it, now what? How can you make sure? That's right. Like, I, I see this film about GMOs, well, what do I do? How do I, you know, um, what are steps that I can take? So a lot of that is done, for example, we'll recommend that a filmmaker put on their website. Uh, ten steps you can take to um, to you know avoid GMOs, or five ways you mm-hmm. can help fix yeah. the healthcare system, or three ways you can stop the dolphin slaughter in Taizhou, or um, you know just a number of examples where we encourage people once you see the film and go on to the website. Another thing we do is we encourage people to have dialogues after seeing the film. So we'll show Mm -hmm. a film. I just worked on a film, a wonderful film, about vets coming back from the war that start organic farms. And what we encouraged the filmmaker to do was to have panels with vets and farmers afterwards. So people could come, stay after the film, they'd become inspired, and then they hear vets and farmers talk about ways to start organic farms. And then they leave with, oh, we could contact our local vet center, we could match a vet with a farm, like with real tangible action steps. Yes, and can you talk a little bit more about that film and, and say the name of the film because I, I'm, uh, I'm very fond of this film. Yeah, and you know, this is such a great example because I love working on films like this. This is a perfect example of, you know, um, it's called Ground Operations. And the film is actually about vets who come back from the war and a movement for them to start organic farms. And I love this film for a number of reasons. First of all, not a dry eye in the house when you see it because it's just a well-made film. But also because it's an example of a passionate filmmaker who didn't have a large budget, who wasn't nominated for an Academy Award, didn't have all those bells and whistles, but she has made great social change. She has um, actually just got back from a tour of the Midwest where she actually went to farms with vets, screened the film, and have the vets come to the farm so they could not only watch the film, but they could see how could they start a farm, how could they get involved with the farm, how could organic food change their communities. 
So, and she did this like single-handedly um, without a large budget with just a lot of uh, plum and vigor and dedication. And it just shows you how uh, filmmakers can make great change, but they don't have to be like a huge megaplex studio with millions of dollars. That's, that's one of the best examples I can think of. Right, because there's the film itself, which is very moving um, and very informative, but then there's this specific action that she is taking that um, is bringing people together here and now and letting them use the film as a point of inspiration to actually take the action here and now. Correct. And also giving people, once again, what we talked about, you can go on her website and you can say, oh, I could, you know, I could send a check and, you know, help a, a vet fund a farm. Or perhaps I could go to my local VA and say, hey, a lot of these people, uh, vets don't have jobs. How about if we hook them up with these organic farms? So there's actual steps that people can take. Um, and she's done a beautiful job of that. And, and like I said, I love these smaller films. That's what my heart's with, these smaller films that have great gusto and vision and allow people to really see a film and go, wow, that impacted me. I'm going to go change something because of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do you determine the issues or the specific film or filmmakers that you get involved with? Well, wow, all these such great questions. Um, you know, we are in a really lucky and fortuitous place is that we rely almost always on referrals, which is very mm-hmm. fortunate in the film business because we have built such a strong um, record of success stories, um, you know, The Cove being one of them. And basically, when we take a parameters, when we um, take on a project, we have two or three parameters that must be filled. One is we must like the film. Everyone on the mm-hmm. team must like the film because you have to be enthusiastic and passionate about a film. You can't fake it. You can't pretend you like it. So the first of thing course. is um, that we have to like the film. The second thing is we have to know that it's going to be able to make some kind of change. Now, we don't necessarily need to save dolphins. I mean, maybe the change is we just make the public aware of it. Um, change can be a lot of things, but we have to know that we can actually what I call move the needle and that we can mm-hmm. make change. And then the third thing, which is a little bit more personal, but let's have some fun, is that we really have to like the filmmaking team. I know that sounds crazy because we're not running a popularity contest, but when you work closely with filmmakers, and it's their baby, um, you have to make sure that everyone plays well in the sandbox. So one of the things um, we always do is we actually have what we call a happy clause, which is that everybody's happy. They're happy. They like us. I know it's crazy. Here I am. Oh, oh my gosh, a businesswoman, and she has a happy clause. But, you know, in 12 years in the business, I've only had two exceptions where I've had to say the happy clause, which is we're not happy, you're not happy, let's just, um, you'd be better served finding someone else. Spoken like a true mother. Yeah, two out of hundreds, (laughs) because life's too short for anyone to be unhappy, especially when you're trying to change the world. That's right. So So speaking of changing the world, how do you measure change? I mean, I ask myself this all the time. How is it that you in what you're doing, or the filmmakers, how do you measure change? How do you measure that these films are actually having an impact? Well, well, you know, that is, oh, Sharon, that's the $64 million question because I would would not be exaggerating if I said we don't get this question asked every day in some shape or form, either by the filmmaker, by somebody who's done a grant. 
Um, and there's the, the reason this question is so hard to answer, it's so easy and so hard to answer, is because change is such a broad thing. Like if somebody sees a film and they go home and they plant a garden in their backyard, they go see Food Inc. or they see GMO OMG, there's change. But yes, are right. you, yeah, so, and that's great change. But are, is that going to come about, like when we worked on Escape Fire, the Ford Foundation did a huge study of how much we impacted the healthcare system. And all these graphs and details and statistics, and at the end of the day, that was great, and it showed that we did impact the conversation about healthcare. But at the end of the day, I was more excited by the conversation I had with an acupuncturist who said he now includes his services as part of healthcare after seeing the film. That did not show up on any mm-hmm. study, in any research, in any statistic. So the whole point of what I'm saying is these small little changes, the garden, the acupuncturist that decides to add healthcare. The example I used the other day where an artist uh, saw the cove and he quit his job and started doing dolphin murals around the world to celebrate dolphins. None of that is covered. But to me, that's a really change. Now, when, when we tout the successes of the Cove, we talk about the dolphin slaughter. We talk about legislation. We talk about what went on at SeaWorld. We don't talk about the dolphin uh, artist. So mm-hmm. anyways, to just to kind of to wrap up, the point I'm saying is there's micro-change, which is these wonderful little day-to-day things, which I hear about every day, and that's my juice. And then there's these yeah. macro changes where, you know, Food Inc. had 500 gardens implemented at schools. You know, so, you know, there you have it. Uh, as yeah. best as I can, it's, it's an, almost impossible to measure the change, and yet there is so much change, it is beyond bountiful. That's right, and every little change counts. And whether we see it or not, we feel it. We we know that, that something is moving. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it all. And that's I love these stories. I mean, I have people come up to me all the time, oh, my gosh, I saw XYZ movie, and because of that, I did this. Or mm-hmm, because of yeah. that, I supported a It's amazing. And sometimes it will be years and years and years later. Um, yeah, and, I have yeah. This, I have the same thing with my book. You know, with Johnny and Ursula, it's a funny romantic comedy, but it's all about GMOs and the contemplation of the end of food. And people come up to me and they say, oh, my God, I had no idea that this was going on, and now I want to learn more. And so that's a really gratifying thing to me. Yeah, I love that. And another great case is that sometimes we'll work on films, like we worked on this film, Buck, which is about uh, the horse whisperer who yes. heals. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will come up to me and go, oh, my God, that film made me cry. It changed my life. It changed how I feel about healing in my world. And once again, this is a film about a horse whisperer. Um, and I think yeah. I mentioned my latest favorite example is I saw this movie, Boy. And we're working on this movie, Boyhood. And after yeah. I saw Boyhood, it has changed in, in my DNA, in every cell of my being, it has changed how I am a parent. Um, it has made mm-hmm. me more patient, more generous, more involved. Now, would I say Boyhood is a film that is about changing parents? No. It's a great movie that ha- that just leaves you with that. So I think it, it's kind of an extension of this conversation is not only do you not know how films are going to change you, you also don't know what films are going to change you. That's right, and it all speaks to the power of art. You know, the power of metaphor, the power of art, the power of um, of beauty, of tenderness, of emotion to bring you into 
an experience in a deeper way than you have before. Yes, so well said. Absolutely. Because isn't so, that what movies, you know, are? <laughs> and, yeah. That is what movies are. So you yeah. work with both documentaries and narrative fiction films, right? Correct. So what is the difference for you? Do you, do you prefer one over the other? Do you find that one is more effective than the other? You know, I don't. I actually love them both. I find that they play off each other. And in the same way that I also work with huge studios, I work with major, major, major studios. And I also work with small, independent, rogue producers. And I love mm-hmm. the balance. I love the sometimes working with a huge studio that has an endless budget. And I sometimes love working with this bootstrappy, grassroots um, producer that has no money um, and everything in between. And the same thing with a narrative and a documentary. There are certain things that narratives bring that just, just a documentary can't bring and vice versa. So um, I love the mixture. And for me, because I'm pretty, I get bored easy and I'm ADD. So it allows <laughs> me to, oh, I'm working on a huge feature film. Oh, I'm working on a, uh, an Academy Award nominated documentary. Oh, wait, I'm working on this little documentary nobody's ever heard of and kind of just, you know, bouncing around and finding the best in all of them because they can all create change, but it's just how. Yeah, and that's fantastic that you have the the bandwidth to be able to work on all of these different levels, and I'm sure that the work you do on one informs the work that you do on, on another, and they all benefit from it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. That's such an important point because you could be working on a narrative about something and then it, it absolutely all informs another, another project. Very important. Yeah. So clearly you have a passion, um, a passion for film, a passion for life, a passion for issues. So how did you get involved in social change media? Well, you know, it's interesting. It kind of like happens, um, you know, it wasn't a straight uh, path like so many people, a zigzag, or what's the Joseph Campbell quote, you climb up the ladder and you find out it's against the wrong wall. Um, Yes, because I kind of did that. That's what I did is I was a publishing executive, and I got to the top of my field. I was actually publisher of L.A. Magazine, big glamorous job, and that quote came to mind because I, like many people, was in my 30s at that time. Um, It was also, you know, unfortunately during 9-11, and I had one of those, um, is this all there is? I really want to be doing more. I had been passionate about film, and it was a leap of faith, and it was scary. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't so because I left this very stable job to um, to start my company. The very first film I worked on was also a risk. It was called The Celestine Prophecy, which was based on the best-selling book. Um, And it wasn't really a social change film. It was a spiritual film. But I felt Mm -hmm. spirituality impacts social change. And um, it was a real leap of faith um, that I I did this. But uh, Celestine Prophecy ended up being a great project. I was lucky. It was a great first project. It's how I started my company. And as many in the film business, when you start one film it leads to another, people tend to go around in like tribes, you know, now I'm on this film, now I'm on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I bounced around to other films, and then one of those films actually led to The Cove. And once I worked on The Cove, I, you know, I really dedicated myself six months of my life. The Cove was my life. I was so passionate about that film. And then from there on in, I just finally knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, and the ladder was finally against the right wall, so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So what would you say to people who either have their ladders up against the wrong wall or are looking for the right wall or actually know what the right wall is, but they're afraid to put their ladder up there? What would you say to them? Well, you know, and this is always, there's such great conversations, and it's, it's, it's something that I think about because I think, you know, one of the trite phrases we always hear is follow your bliss and the money will follow. You know, well, yes and no, because there's a lot of people that, you know, have went to follow their bliss. And um, so I always think that's a little bit of a trite phrase, and I have a little bit of a twist on that. I think what my halfway medium of that is, is to spend part of every day, no matter what, doing something that you're really, really passionate about. Mm-hmm. So maybe, even though what I did, I left a high-paying, comfortable job and jumped it off. I, I did jump in the pool will appear is another one of my things. That's what I did. But I would say to people, yeah, that, that's a scary little um, uh, metaphor. But mm-hmm. I would say to people, maybe another way to go about it is if you have a job or if you're doing something you're not crazy about, find out what it is that you do love. You know, what, anything, whether it's uh, the food or saving the environment or painting quilt, whatever it is, making quilts, it doesn't matter, and start spending a small time of every day doing it and then increasing that every day. And I know mm. it sounds crazy, but what I found when I started doing things that I really love just a little bit each day and you do them more, at some point enough gates open that you can switch over to doing it all the time. It might not happen overnight. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just like... That makes like, total sense. Yeah. It's fabulous because, yeah. you know, we always have 10 minutes somewhere, right? Right. And maybe, like, that's, and maybe that's a start, 10 minutes. Well, and I'll give a great example. I have a friend who loves the food industry. Her whole life is the food, a good food, planting gardens. So I finally said, Susan, just every day... Start doing something in the food industry. Go to a conference. Plant a garden. Visit the farmer's market. Do some volunteer work. Well, she now runs a PR firm, and her clients are all foodies. And this happened over three years, but eventually she went from, oh, I took on a volunteer project at the farmer's market. Great. Now let's have somebody turn into a client. Then let's do this. So it doesn't always have to be this leaving day jobs, wondering if you're going to pay the mortgage. I think it can be a softer change, and eventually you'll get to the point where um, you are following your bliss, and the money did follow. (laughs) That's right, because when you are in your passion, you are inspired. And in my book, I'm calling that eros. I'm calling that passion, that, that life force, that thing that the thing that makes us feel alive. When you're in it, Things happen. Yeah, and all things happen and things happen. Yeah, you're bringing up another important part, and we're from L.A., so we can get a little, little wooey-zooey on this. Energetically, oh, sure yeah, energetically, when you're in your passion or your arrows, that energetics is sending out and attracting more of the same. Um, yes. So, you know, that's a little bit of this, like what they say, the secret. They were like, oh, you visualize a bike and then it shows up. But I don't think that's what it's about. I think it's about when you're in that passion and in that arrows and sending out energetically what it is you love to do, more of it comes. Yes. And you're also spending the time that you're spending in that quality of arrows or in that quality of passion. It's not just about future projection or trying to I want in the future. It's like, well, for these 10 minutes, I'm actually in the sensation of what I love. Yeah, oh, I love that. So well said and so important. That's why I tell people, just do it 10 or 15 minutes of every day. Yeah, well, I'm going to take you up on that for sure. So what, are you, what films are you working on right now? 
Um, actually, I'm working on some really fantastic film right now. I'm working on a film called Pump. It's about um, our addiction to oil, which mm-hmm. um, it, it's really it's it's. I hate to say this because then people run screaming. It's called an, it's an important film, um, but it is an important film because when you watch this, it's one of those films where you know we all know we shouldn't be gas guzzling, we shouldn't be. But when you watch this film, you're like, wow, we are addicted to oil, and it has gotten us in trouble in a lot of ways. And the other thing I love about this film is it comes up with a lot of solutions and ideas. That's the other thing I probably should have mentioned earlier. There's nothing worse than seeing a film, and it's all this. It's doomsday, it's doomsday, Mm -hmm. but they don't tell you what to do. So Pump gives you a lot of options. Um, I'm also working, I waxed poetic earlier on this incredible film, Boyhood, which I'm just, you know, just in love with it on so many levels because it's just a very rich, nostalgic film of a boy growing up that actually takes place over the 12 years, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. You age with the boy. Um, And so I love that because it's just a feel-good, deeply rich, nuanced, and poignant film. I always like to have one of those on the plate. Um, And we are working on another great film. I I also try to do some spiritual films um, based on the autobiography of yoga. It's called Awake, the Story of Yogananda. Um, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting because um, not only is it a biography, but there's Steve Jobs that's in the film. His um, Yogananda's book was the only book he ever had on his iPad. And um, I know, so it's just wild. So you have Steve Jobs, you have George Harrison was greatly um, influenced yes. by him. Yes. So, yeah, so I've got, like, look, this is a perfect example of when I'm just happiest because I've got one spiritual film, I've got, like, an eco film, I've got a really good, um, rich narrative film, Boyhood, um, and, you know, so just mixing it up. I have a couple of other documentaries that are really great, too, and it's just a nice mix. That is fantastic. Very, 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 very rich with... um with wonderful issues and wonderful uh, opportunities for people to get involved and and see these films. I know based on our conversation, I'm going to run out and see Boyhood as soon as I can. I think anybody Um, that runs across me is doing, oh, I'll go see it, okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're a good convincer, and that is true. Um, So how can people find you? How can people engage with you, find out more about you? Well, the best way, um, you know, we, I do have a website, and like many other people, my website's always a work in progress. I'm definitely starting to make it more interactive. But my website is www.360degree.com.net. Um, that's 360degree.com. That's my company, communicationcomm.net. Um, and there's, you know, my contact information's on there. Um, once again, my goal is to start and make the uh, website more interactive, especially I'm, I'm working on a book right now called The Passionate Filmmakers, How Filmmakers Are Changing the World. Mm-hmm. And once, and I'm interviewing many of the filmmakers I've worked with and many others, and once... Okay. Um, that information, the book is being published or is published, I'll be putting that um, on the website in hopes that people can start going to the website and learning not only about these great filmmakers and projects, but also, oh, I'm interested in food. How can I integrate change in food? Or I'm interested in oceans. How can I make changes in ocean-related activities? And they can build screenings and, you know. Um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. And, so that you're, that'll be an actual resource for people. Yes. And then one other uh-huh. thing, the 
one other final thing that I um, am I'm now um, in my spare time. I can't even believe I have time to do this, but I am director of a film festival, the Esalen Social Change Film Festival, which is kind of a long-time dream for me because we're in our third year, but we're able to bring up filmmakers that have made films and then social mm-hmm. change agents and activists and, and do dialogues around, around actually showing films. Like, for example, we showed Lucy Walker's film Wasteland, which is just amazing about mm-hmm. – it was nominated for an Academy Award about the um, garbage pickers in Brazil who actually created change out of a wasteland. And Lucy Walker talked at the festival about making change and how to make documentaries. And this is another dream of mine because there's nothing like in-person connection. So that's another yeah. thing I'm doing is the film festival, Social Change Film Festival. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I can't believe that our time has come to a close. Yeah, it went so fast, (laughs) at least for me. I know. (laughs) I could talk to you. You're such a wealth of of information and perspective and and offering. So um, one last thing. What would you uh, say? I mean, I think you've said it over and over again, but what would you say are the seeds that you are planting to uh, change the world? I'd say the biggest seeds I think I'm planting right now are the book because it's going to allow it to go out for more masses and the film Mm -hmm. festival because, once again, I can't, um, you know, you could have a great website, you can do all these fabulous things, but I really think it comes down to building community around films, which is kind of what's next for me. Where's our tribe that's watching these films and how can our tribe get together and continue to make change? Fantastic. Well, I have enjoyed every moment of our conversation, and um, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sharon. This was great. I'll come back anytime. Thanks so much. Okay, Bye-bye. good. Well, you will come back. Okay, okay. we'll Bye-bye. have you back. This has been Passing for Normal, conversations about seeding change in the world. To find out more about author Sharon Weil, go to passingfornormal.com. That's passing numeral four normal.com. Donnie and Ursula Save the World is available in paperback, Kindle, and soon to be an audiobook at donnieandursula.com. So go out and do something brave today. M. Earth and I thank you.